So in case there's anybody that doesn't know, my name is Pastor Tony. I'm one of the assistant youth pastors here at 5979, and we are in the middle of our basics sermon series. And so we're looking at the basic beliefs and practices of Christianity. We've been doing this for a month now. So raise your hand and give me some of the topics that we've covered so far in this series. Miss Charisma. Heaven. Heaven. Thank you. I covered that last week. Mr. Dillon. Worship. Mr. Daniel tackled that one and did a phenomenal job. Yes, ma'am. Reasons people pick Jesus. Pick Jesus. Pastor Stefan did pick Jesus part one and part two, and that's all of it. That's all we've covered so far, guys. We're not, that's it. There's no more. So, <laughs> correct. Yes. Pick Jesus part one and two. So, and that brings us to tonight's sermon, which is how to brush your teeth. We figured this is a basic thing of not only being, or being a good Christian, but also just being a good citizen. I mean, we don't want you guys giving Christians a bad name because you're out there knocking people out with your stanky breath. So we don't, we don't want that. And you know, we've been with many of you guys to camp and marvel. So we know that even though this is high school, this isn't something everyone's quite mastered yet. But it's okay. It's okay. We all slip up from time to time. And so actually I have a uh, toothbrush here, kind of a little aid to help us out. Going to be doing some demonstrations, maybe bring some of you up here and brush, you know, give you a little brush down. Yeah, this is huge. I know, this is not a normal toothbrush. Brought one just special for you guys. So, <laughs> uh, so when it comes to brushing our teeth, did you guys know that there are certain time management principles that are used in doing that? Let, let's assume for a minute that... Everyone in this room, we brushed our teeth at least once a day for the past year, 365 days. I feel pretty confident. This is senior high, so we're going to assume, let's assume together that we've all done that. Can you guys do that with me? Okay, good. So if that is the truth and that is the case, then that means that all of you, without even realizing it, you have employed these seven time management principles that I'm going to talk about for a second. So let me show it to you guys. First of all, you have a, you do, you brush your teeth at the same time every day and you do it at the same place every day. So you don't move your toothbrush around. You know, most of us, we do it in our bathroom. You know, you don't go into your parents' bathroom and brush your teeth there or down to the kitchen or do it in the garage or whatever like that. Okay. You have a fixed place and time. Next, you, you connect it to another habit. So for most of us, th this is part of our routine of getting up in the morning. Me, I brush my teeth. That's the first thing I do. Bathroom, shower, and then breakfast, on with the day. We'll get dressed, on with the day. So um, some of you guys, you know, this is part of your evening routine um, as well. It's just kind of part of your routine for getting ready for bed. The uh, next principle, you do it for a short time. So dentists tell us to do it for like two minutes. Some of you probably don't do it quite for two minutes, but that's okay. Two minutes is the goal. That's not a very long time. Next, there's the positive effects of participation and the negative effects of skipping. So there, um, bad breath is one obvious negative effect, but another one is cavities. <laughs> cavities. Not quite, yeah, I'll just let that soak in for a minute, the, the horrificness of that. Prayerfully, none of y'all's teeth are like that. I'm just kidding, good nobody's is. All right, I think they've, uh, they've suffered enough. So when it comes to cavities, though, I hate cavities. Anybody else hate cavities? But for some strange reason, Connor, cavities love me. My dentist told me that apparently 
there are two different gum types, and I have the type that's more prone to get cavities. It's just messed up. And it's it really messed up is that growing up, my brother, who's in the back, he would brush his teeth for all of 30 seconds, if that, and then he would never get cavities. Me, on the other hand, I'm there in there in the bathroom with a stopwatch to make sure that I brush my teeth for the full two minutes like my dentist told me to do. And guess what? I would still get cavities. So it's just really wrong. I have plenty of them. I'm sure I've not seen my last, unfortunately. So cavities love me, but I hate them. And then our final principle is key points by the experts. Okay, so this is why we have dentists because, you know, you can be brushing your teeth, but you can be doing it wrong. You can be brushing your teeth twice a day on a consistent basis, but you can be doing it wrong. So dentists tell us certain things. They say you need to brush twice a day. They say you're not supposed to do like this. You're supposed to do circular motions, all right? They say that you're not supposed to brush too hard on certain teeth, like these molars. And then you're not supposed to brush too soft on other teeth. Or actually, you're not supposed to brush too soft on the molars and not too hard on other teeth, like in the front. So that's why we need dentists for these key points from the experts. Okay, so we said all that to say, but I want to show you guys something with this. These seven principles of time management, they don't just relate to brushing our teeth. They relate just as much to being in the Word. So the real topic for tonight's sermon is being in the Word and prayer. I'm getting some blank stares, so I don't know. Did you guys really think I was going to be talking about brushing our teeth all night? Sigh of relief. A couple of you guys did. Okay, good, good. My acting was better than junior high. I didn't fool a whole lot of them. So, but the real topic is the word and prayer. But I set it up like this because I wanted you guys to see that there's a connection. There's a similarity here. Um, and reading the word of God, that is like a million times more important than brushing our teeth. But Many of you guys, or all of you, we're just going to say all, all of you guys are experts when it comes to brushing your teeth, but then when it comes to being in the Word, some of you same people are incredibly inconsistent in that. But I want to encourage you guys in tonight's message that if you can brush your teeth every day for a year, then you can be in the Word and you can pray every day for a year. Amen? You guys with me? All right, good. So let's go ahead and pray and then we'll dive in. Father God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and to bring your word. God, I pray that as we're looking at these topics that your spirit will make them just come alive, Jesus. That you will remove me and that you will flow and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's look back at these seven principles and see how they relate to being in the Word. So you want to do it at the same time every day, the same place, like we said. So you wouldn't move your toothbrush all over the house. So in the same way, you don't want to be moving your Bible all over the house or your prayer time. So you want to have a central time and location. And then you want to connect it to another habit. This is something that's a crucial step, but a lot of people miss this. So I have some additional things that I want to show you guys, some options for you guys to connect. Uh, first one is breakfast or your morning coffee. How many coffee drinkers do we have in the place? Wow, we had, I think we had more in junior high. <laughs> so so you, for coffee drinkers, this is an option. How many breakfast people do we have in the place? Yeah, my breakfast people, I love eating breakfast. Now, how many people rarely ever eat breakfast? You don't really care for breakfast. God, have mercy on your souls. We pray 
deliverance. We pray mercy. Maybe with you guys. Breakfast is awesome, and I love it. Now, you guys that don't like breakfast are like my wife, all right? She does not care for breakfast at all, and that's okay because, that, you know, I eat by myself, but I've, I've gotten over it. It's all good. <laughs> but no, I, it really doesn't bother the, me that much So because I love eating breakfast, so I'll eat it by myself. And so I've started doing my word time at breakfast. So it's great because I usually have about 10 to 15 extra minutes before I need to leave for work anyway. So I have my breakfast, and then I read my word. And so it's been working great so far, so this might be an option for some of y'all. Uh, another uh, habit that you can connect it to is your bathroom time. Go to the throne on the throne, right? This is something that Pastor John has been a big proponent of for years. He's been doing it for decades, talks about it in his sermons. I don't do it, but maybe it'll work for you. So if that's something that interests you, you can give it a try. Um, another habit is if you have trouble going to sleep. Any of you guys have trouble going to sleep at night? So this might be a great option for you guys to use. So instead of you know, doing social media or um, you know, being, listening to music or anything like that, stuff that's going to kind of keep you up anyway, instead when you're ready to go to sleep, maybe you could get in bed and you could open up your word and this could help calm you down and so help you to go to sleep as well. And then the final habit is first thing when you get home from school, I would imagine that a lot of you guys have routines when you get home from school. Maybe you have a snack first thing. Maybe you change your clothes. Maybe um, you take like some time for yourself, like a 30-minute TV time or social media or whatever. So you could either do this, incorporate the word into part of your routine. So it could be maybe the first thing you do when you get home or it could be after you've had a little chill time and then the first thing you do before you go into homework. So that's just an option for you guys to incorporate. So back to the time management principles. So you want to do it for a short time. So what we're encouraging you guys to do is just one chapter of the Word a day. Okay, so nothing grandiose, nothing huge, one chapter. And to read one chapter, that should take you about five minutes. Okay, if you are a slower processor like myself, or maybe if it's a longer chapter, then that might take you, you know, 10 to 15 minutes total to do. But how many of us in the room, we have five to 15 minutes every day that we could set aside to be in the word, right? All of us, everyone's hand should be up because all of us have that much time. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Khalil. All right. So then moving on. So there's the positive effects of participation and the negative effects of skipping. I love Mr. Daniel's line that he used a couple weeks ago in his sermon about winning. If you want to win in life as a Christian, be in the word. If you don't want to win in life as a Christian, don't be in the word. It's just that simple, guys. And what does winning look like? Winning means that you're mature and you're growing in your faith as opposed to just being a baby Christian for the next 10 years or losing your faith altogether. Being mature, it means that you're not going to get caught up in the lies and the drama that all your friends are wrapped up in because your life is built on the truth of God's word. Winning means that you're going to have purpose and life and peace and joy, because all these things flow out of being in the Word. You're not going to be tricked by the devil's schemes and his strategies that he uses against you, because you know the truth. Amen? 
There's a quiet audience. I need you guys to interact with me a little bit more. I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Come on. Give me some smiles. There you go. Give me a little, yeah, a little clap, a little amen, a hallelujah. I'll take it. All right. So there you go. So, and then our final point, key points by the experts. So the Bible says that you're supposed to meditate. Say meditate. And so that means that you need to have a clear plan and you need to read in order. So we recommend just read straight through the New Testament, Matthew to Revelation. So don't be trying to jump all over the place saying, oh, I'm going to read, you know, Matthew today and then I'm going to come over and read, you know, Ephesians the next day and then I'm going to jump over and read Revelation. You need to just read straight through because this is something everyone needs to do. But especially if being consistent is something you struggle with then jumping around is just going to ask the devil to get you off track. And then another tip is to use the Life Application Study Bible. This is uh, written by the experts for you guys. It has tons of notes and explanations in it. Because let's be honest, sometimes when we're reading the Bible, it's kind of dry. Or we read stuff that we don't understand, we don't know what's going on. And so this particular Bible has these notes, these explanations in it to help you so that you can always know what's going on, get something out of it, and be encouraged. Amen? And one more tool for you guys, you all are very familiar with this one, SOAP. All right, so I know first I'm telling you guys, brush your teeth. Now I'm telling you to use soap, all right? I understand, I understand you're not in kindergarten, so bear with me. So, but SOAP, it's an uh, acronym for Scripture Observation Application Prayer. And this is a, a wonderful tool. We've used this at camp and Marvel, so most of you are very familiar with it from that. And we've also taught on it here before, so I'm going to go very briefly over this. So scripture stands, or S stands for scripture. So again, you're reading your chapter of the New Testament and you're going to pick one verse. Say one verse. one verse. Just one verse, one thought that stood out to you and you're going to write that verse out verbatim. And then from there, you're going to move into observation. So what was interesting to you in this verse, in this passage? What did you learn? What was God saying to you? And uh, then application. Now, this is really the most important part um, of SOAP. It's the reason we love it and we encourage it because the Bible tells us, say the Bible says. Bible. Bible says that if you just read the word, just hear it, but you don't apply it, then it's useless in your life. Okay, so in the application section, you, you force yourself to say, okay, how can I apply this scripture in my life? How am I going to let it change me? Come up with a game plan. So if you pick the verse, love your neighbor as yourself. So you would say, today I will love my neighbor as myself by fill in the blank. Okay, you would come up with a game plan, an action plan so that you're actually doing it. And then lastly is prayer. So for what I do in this section, I just write out a prayer to the Holy Spirit saying, Holy Spirit, help me to remember what I read today and help me to apply it in my life. And, but you can write a prayer about something else, but that's just the way that I do it. So if you guys have any questions about SOAP, we'd love for you to come talk to myself or Mr. Daniel, any of the staff afterwards. We'd be happy to talk to you guys about that, all right? So speaking of prayer, that brings us to our next topic. What's going on, Connor? Hey, man, you doing good? 
Yeah, how's uh, how you liking Chattahoochee Tech? Pretty good. Yeah. So uh, you liking that independence, kind of like being in college, being for yourself? Yeah. What's the matter, man? We're just just talking with you all. Yeah. I'm cool, man. I am doing great. Thanks for asking, man. I appreciate that. So, man, we missed you. I'm bummed you couldn't stay for the lock-in. Driver's Ed, is that going cool? I know you didn't stay the whole time, though. You had to leave. House sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Driver's Ed, is that going well? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> All right, man. Well, he, he, Connor clearly doesn't want to talk that much. <laughs> that right there, that is prayer, guys. Prayer is just a conversation between you and Jesus, okay? So prayer, it, it, we make it com- more complicated than it has to be a lot of times. But prayer is just that simple. It's a back and forth between us and Jesus. You guys know, I think everyone in here know, that you are called to pray as a Christian. And sure, there's these corporate times where we pray at church and weddings and other things, but we're called to have a secret prayer life beyond beyond the corporate moments. Jesus teaches us this, in fact, in Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. There's that secret prayer life. Paul teaches us in Colossians 4, 2, that we're supposed to devote ourselves to prayer, is what he says. So prayer, honestly, guys, it really makes up the core of our relationship with God. What sets Christianity apart from every other religion is that we actually have a relationship with God through Jesus. But if you had a relationship with someone and you guys never communicated, would that be a, a serious relationship? No, thank you, thank you. Junior High said yes. No is the correct answer. So, thank you. But... <laughs> Could you imagine dating someone or uh, having a friend and the only time they ever texted or called or even ever spoke to you was when they needed something from you? Could you imagine that? Some of you had friendships like that, right? Can I get a witness? But that would be a bad relationship, amen? Amen. So it's the same thing in prayer. If we're only talking to God when we need something, that's a bad relationship, guys. And, but but prayer is supposed to be a dialogue. It's a two-way conversation, not a monologue, you just talking to God or God just talking to you. It's a dialogue. Now, Connor, he didn't give me much to work with, but that's okay. <laughs> I didn't prep him. That was on the spot, <laughs> but it's all good. Um, and we, our heart here at 5979, we want you guys to pray for the rest of your life. We want you to get a hold of this now while you're teenagers, while you're young, because it will make such a huge difference in your lives if you do. And we want you guys to be a success. So we have some practical tips that I want to give you guys before we uh, close out. So the time management principles that we talked about for being in the Word, they equally apply to prayer, okay? But Another big tip is this. How many of you guys, let's be honest, we're in church. How many of you ever been bored in your prayer time? Okay, my hands up. Mr. Daniel's hands up. Pastor Jason's hands up. It happens, guys. So a question that I want to pose to you guys and, and answer in uh, the next few minutes is, what do you do? What should I do when I'm bored in prayer? Do you guys like to know? Yeah. 
So I got an analogy. This one also tanked in, in senior high, so I'm going to see if the, junior high, so I'm going to see if this works with you guys. So I, I'm, a, I'm believing. So think of your favorite food for a minute. Think of your favorite food. Mine's chicken fettuccine. Throw, throw some out. What's your favorite foods? Oh, Hot wings, mac and cheese, seafood, shrimp, steak. I'm just hearing just nothing now. Lamb. I, yes, sir. Say again. House fried, house fried rice. Nice. Chick-fil-A, there you go. Okay. Bring it back in. Bring it back in. So now that you've got your favorite food visualized and you're all hungry now, if I made you eat that favorite food every meal, every single day for the next year, would that still be your favorite food at the end of that year? I heard some yeses, praying deliverance for you people, but it would be a no for me. It would be a no. I could definitely not do that. My wife will tell you. <laughs> so, um, I, but a lot of you said, no, it would not be your favorite food. Why? Even though it's your favorite food now, you'd be sick of it. You would be bored with the food. So in the same way, when it comes to prayer, a lot of you guys get bored in your prayer time because you're just doing the same thing day after day after day. And you're like, God, I've been doing the same prayer thing the same way for the past years, three years, whatever. So, but there are tons of different ways to make prayer fun and engaging. So I'm going to tell you about a few right now. There are four tools, primary tools. First of it is worship. How many of you guys are worshipers? How many like to worship? All right, so if you like to worship, this is a fantastic tool to use in your prayer time. And there are so many different mediums out there. You got Spotify, you got iTunes, you can make playlists, you know, you got Pandora, Rhapsody, tons of different stuff. And you can just get by yourself and you can turn on your worship playlist and you can just worship and you can connect with God. Another way is prayer structure. So there's the arm of God that's kind of the most popular around here since Pastor John wrote a book about it. This is the method I use. If you ha How many of you have read the book, The Armor of God? Okay, a few of you. Uh, those of you that haven't, I would highly recommend it. It's a great prayer structure, a great way to help you enter into God's presence through prayer. And then another one is quoting. All right, now quoting, this refers to memorizing chapters of the Word of God and then using that in your prayer time. Now, I know when I say that, you guys are like, oh, man, quoting, no way, bro. I don't have time for that. I don't have that kind of time, that kind of memory. I can't do that. But I'm telling you guys, it's not as hard as you think it is, and you guys can do it. Pastor John has a single sermon on it. It's just one sermon. You listen to it. He has tons of tips to make it practical for you guys to implement this. And then the last tool, praying in the Spirit. So in order to pray in the Spirit, though, you have to be baptized in the Spirit and be able to pray in tongues. So if you guys aren't baptized in the Spirit, Pastor Stefan's going to be talking about that the next couple weeks, so stay tuned. So what do you do when you're bored in your prayer time? Mix it up. You need to try something different. Okay, so if you've been doing the armor of God, but you're getting kind of bored in it, getting a little stale, throw in some worship time. If you don't feel like worshiping on a certain day and that's your option of choice, quote. If you run out of words and you don't know what to pray on a certain day, you're 15 minutes in, you got another 15 to go. Pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. It's a great way to mix it up. Now, for me personally, my prayer time it's 90% spent in prayer structures, doing the armor of God, and then about 10% is spent 
doing uh, praying in the Spirit. I don't really do much worship in my prayer time, but that's just me. Nothing wrong with it. And then I do have several chapters memorized, but I haven't quite hit that sweet spot yet to figure out how to incorporate it and to embed it in there. But I want you guys to know you have options available, and I have these options available anytime so I can mix it up. Amen? Don't be getting quiet on me. Come on now. And one other quick point on this. So, so what if you're still bored? you know, and you're not necessarily feeling anything, or you're not feeling it as deep as you have before, and you've, tr- you've tried mixing it up, and on a scale of one out of a hundred, um, hundred being like camp experience prayer time, you know, you're, you're not hitting the hundreds, all right, you're hitting more so like 80s, or 60s, or 70s, or whatever, so what, what then? Well, I want to encourage you guys, it's not always going to be at 100. For me personally, I'm not at 100 every day. A lot of times I would say on the average, I'm more so like in the 50s right now. That's my average, okay? Then there are days where it's more intense and there's days where it's less intense. So, and especially if you're just starting out this prayer, it's going to be pretty dry in the beginning. I want, I'm just going to be real with y'all. It's going to be dry, but the longer you do it, the more you dive into it, the sweeter it's going to be. And God so desires to reveal himself to you. He so desires to speak to you. So if you just stay with it, he's going to speak to you. Amen. Oh, that was a weak amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So a potential struggle that I saw as I was thinking about this uh, for that you guys might encounter is finding a place where you can actually get by yourself. I know it's a lot easier for adults to get by ourselves. But for you guys, so one option is if you have your own room, this will probably be your number one um, space where you can get by yourself and pray. Now, if you share a room with a sibling, I'm sorry. Uh, that, you know, maybe it'll work, but maybe it won't. Uh, another option is to go pray in your neighborhood or even in the woods. If you have woods nearby, now don't run off and not tell your parents where you're going. Make sure they know. We don't want you getting, don't go and running into creepy woods or anything like that. We want you all to be safe. And then, but that's another option. If you like nature and you like getting out, you can do that. And then lastly, if uh, you don't have access to either of the first two, you can do it while you're doing your chores. So that would be the habit that you're connecting it to, multitasking. <laughs> so good stuff's coming out of your mouth instead of negative stuff, right? <laughs> while you're doing your chores. So that is another option. But the biggest struggle, the biggest, the granddaddy of them all that I saw as you guys, as I was thinking about that you guys might encounter with your prayer time is actually setting aside the time and actually doing it, actually getting out there and praying. And I know that some of you are just very busy with school. You have, you know, academics and some of you have sports or other extracurriculars. You know, you need to make some time for your family, some necessary relaxation time just to chill. That's all well and good. So some of you, your week is just booked. It is completely shot. And so it's hard. It's hard to do that. Now, others of you, on the other hand, have plenty of time and you spend it just on media. You're just chillaxing. You could spend two hours with Jesus and you wouldn't miss anything. So, um, and you know who you are. But I'm going to leave it there. But I want to encourage you guys, everyone in this place, if you either were once consistent, but you've gotten off the path, or if you were never consistent in your prayer time, you've, you've not ever really attempted it, don't beat yourself up about missing. 
you're not going to be perfect. None of us are. I have told this story before, but when I was student teaching my final year at KSU, uh, my, my prayer life was essentially non-existent. I completely got off the horse there because I was so busy with everything going on. And my fellowship with Jesus was majorly cut off, and that caused some serious negative consequences for me. All right, my life in, a, in not all respects, but in certain respects, was falling apart. All right, so I felt myself slowly drifting away from Jesus. I still believed, for sure, but I found myself, it was just a little bit easier to sin, to fall into those ha- uh, traps and habits. Uh, there were some major conflicts that happened during that semester that I believe would not have happened or would not have happened as severely if I'd been in my prayer time and kept my fellowship with Jesus up. And there were just slips on my part. So I share that with you guys to, share, to let you know that the reason I pray is not because, oh, I'm just so spiritual and just got it all together. No, I pray because I'm so weak, because I need Jesus. And I know that my life is just an absolute wreck without him. And you know, when I came in the midst of all that, Jesus wasn't mad at me. He missed me. He longs to spend time with me and you on a daily basis. Why? Because Christianity isn't about religion. It's about relationship. It's that conversation that he wants to have with you as a friend because he's in a relationship with you. So for me, how did I get back into praying after that year of not praying, essentially? Well, my schedule settled down, so that helped a lot, praise the Lord. But I also intentionally set time aside each day. And so what that looks like for me right now, that means I come into work an hour early so that I can have prayer time. I like having my prayer time in the morning. My schedule works that way. So yes, in case you guys missed that, that does mean I actually have to get up an hour earlier than I would normally, okay? So I know when you're hearing that, all you're like, oh man, don't tell me I need to get up earlier. I don't want to do that. Okay, so some of you though, this is Jesus speaking, you need to get up earlier, okay? But for others of you, I understand uh, some of your schools start ridiculously early, okay? And I get that. And so after school might be the better option. And there's tons of different options. You'll just need to experiment with maybe doing it first thing when you get home or after um, you take a little break before homework or after dinner, okay? But there are tons of options there. Jesus is way more interested in the journey with you than he is in the destination. If you are trying, he's pleased with you. Even though we're never going to be perfect in it. We're all going to miss. There's all times where we have that. But if you're trying and you're seeking him, he's pleased with you. That's all that he cares about. Amen? So this series is called Basics, and uh, we've talked about the word and prayer tonight because we believe here at 5979 that being in the word and having a prayer life are just basics, basic things of being a Christian. Why is this so essential, though? We don't do it to be religious. We don't do it to earn God's approval or to make ourselves feel better. We do it because these things bring life, and they allow us to live life to the fullest. If you don't do it, you're only hurting yourself. But God wants the best for you. We want the best for you. And God, he wa- Jesus wants to speak to you each and every day. 
And if you pause and listen long enough, I believe you'll hear him speaking something to you, even right now. Go ahead and close your eyes. Just listen in your hearts. What is Jesus speaking to you right now? I don't know what you heard, but when I, what I hear when I stop and listen on this subject is, son, I love you. I've missed you. I long to spend time with you. Come, come and spend time with me. And I believe that tonight that's what Jesus is saying to each and every one of you. Son, daughter, I love you. I miss you. Come, spend time with me. There's things I want to show you, things I want to tell you. I just want to pour my love on you. Come spend time with me. With your head still bowed, your eyes still closed, I want to end by speaking to three groups. If you're in this place and you don't really know much about this God, this Jesus that I've been talking about, but you're interested, you're intrigued, you would like to know more. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right now, nice and bold, so that I can pray for you, and you're interested to do more research about Jesus? Thank you. I see that hand. I see those hands. You can put them back down. Father God, I thank you so much for the boldness, Lord God, to say, I don't know Jesus, but I want to find out. So, Lord God, I pray right now that you would give them grace, you'd give them strength to follow through, Lord God, not to let this fall through the cracks, but that they would seek your face, Jesus, and find out if you are who you say you are. Second group, those of you in this place and you, you're ready. You're saying tonight's the night. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender because I haven't. I don't feel like he speaks to me because I don't know him, if I'm honest. But tonight, I want to know him. I want to make him my Lord. If that's you, would you put your hand up high, nice and high? Thank you. I see those hands. You can put them back down. Father God, I just thank you. All of heaven rejoices over these hands, Father God, these saints that have entered into your kingdom, Lord God. And so we rejoice with them, Father and we just pray blessings. We pray that they will um, get to know you, Jesus. They will seek you, Lord. That they'll become rooted and grounded in your truth. In Jesus' name. And then last group. Heads still bowed, eyes still closed. Father, if you're in this place and you are saying that you want to apply these strategies that I've talked about tonight, these practical things, you want to be more intentional about being in the word and being in prayer. That's you. Would you just raise your hand up? Thank you. Hands all over the place. You guys can put them back down. Father, I thank you for these hands. I thank you for this hunger, this heart to seek you, to go after you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you would strengthen them, that you would equip them, Lord God, so that they won't get weary, they won't beat themselves up when they miss, but Lord God, with a heart of hunger for you, that they will 
go after you. That they'll be in the word. That you'll reward them. You'll speak to them. Speak life each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.